Hello and welcome to Asylum's Live Podcast. I'm Leanne. And I'm Al. And we are a husband and wife team that have been travelling full-time since 2013. During that time, we have been to 43 countries, including 159 stops, and now we're here to give you an honest guide to living and working abroad. So if you're not into living and working abroad, then what are you doing? You're in what are you place. doing here? Yeah, maybe they've just come to listen to us. Maybe. So but who- Oh, sorry. Go on. After you. <laughs> so who? <laughs> so who are we interviewing today? Today, I am so excited about this one. We are chatting to a lovely lady called Fanny, who is a chef. She has worked in Michelin star kitchens, including uh, Tommy Banks's Roots Restaurant in York. She's worked. I know, super fancy. She's worked as a private chef all over Europe. Um, and yeah, so not only do we sit down and have a really good chat about her experiences living and working abroad, we also cook a bit of lunch while we do it. And I ate that lunch and it was incredible. It was so good. It was so, so good. So you'll notice that Fanny and I have a little chat before we head into the kitchen. When we do, the audio quality is significantly affected. So apologies for that. But we wanted to give you an experience of being in the kitchen with a Michelin star chef while she is cooking. Uh, we're also going to share the recipe with you. So if you're interested in that, head over to our website, asidoslife.com, or follow us on Instagram, drop us a DM, and we will send you a very fancy recipe card that we've got together so you can make you can make it in your own kitchen, a Michelin star meal in your own kitchen. And you absolutely should. So should we go and meet Fanny? Yes. Hello and welcome to Asido's Life Podcast. I'm Leanne. I hope you're having a good day. I'm so excited. We have such an exciting guest for you today. I didn't even let Al near this one. I wanted to do it all myself. Uh, so today we are talking to uh, Fanny from Jazz on the Explore. That's her name on Instagram and on TikTok. The exciting thing about Fanny is that she is not only a chef, but she has worked in the Michelin star restaurant Roots with Tommy Banks. So anyone that knows me and Al knows that this is very exciting. We're lucky enough to have Fanny staying with us for a couple of days so of course we wrote her into cooking uh, but introduce her first uh, so she is originally from Hungary uh, where she studied uh, cookery she moved to England in 2014 which is where she got her job with uh, with Tommy Banks so a bit more about that later but first of all Fanny hi welcome to the podcast hi Leanne thanks for having me oh this thank you amazing. so much I'm so excited seriously I can't I can't wait. So before we go downstairs and start cooking, tell us a little bit about how um, how you got into into cookery. And it's a it's, it's an interesting story, and it was never planned. Um, uh, when I moved to England, uh, my parents were not happy for me not to go to college or not to study. So um, I wanted to do something which was quite easy, and I got into college. And it kind of like, almost like sucked me in. Mm -hmm. Um, After the first year, um, I didn't go back to university, to Hungary. Um, I was going to study medicine there. But um, I started enjoying it too much. Picked up my first job, then picked up my second job. And then then a couple of years into it, um, I ended up working for Tommy Banks, which which was amazing. And, And yeah. Yeah, it is it is incredible, and I want to ask you so many questions because I'm I am quite a big fan of Great British Menu. So when you said Tommy Banks, I was like, watch, huge fan. So um, so I want to talk a lot more about that, but I think we should do that while we're making some making some food. Yeah. So what are we what are we going to cook today? Um, so I chose something relatively simple. Um, that's that's good. Is, uh, <laughs> I would say it's my style of cooking, but 
also a little bit technical in some parts. So we're going to make some biang biang noodles. Mm. They are from uh, China, originated from China. Um, we're going to make a very simple tahini sauce with that and some pink peppercorn oil. Um, it's going to be served with some fresh cucumber and some spring onions. And I know you had some troubles over in Asia, so mm-hmm, I yeah. hope you will appreciate that. Oh, we will. We absolutely will. Brilliant. So let's get down to the kitchen so we can start making some food um, and we'll, we'll keep chatting there. So tell me a bit more about about how you got into into chefing. Um, must be a little bit about the family. My mum's a great cook. My both my grandmothers has been great cooks, and um, I've um, I've been I've grown up in a family where we had um, we had Sundays as, as special days, and everybody you know food was quite an important part in my life always. It was family time. We were not allowed to do like be on our phones when we were kids or anything like that. So it was family time. So it was always very important to us to have good food, and it was like really quality time for us. We barely went out to restaurants. Um, it's I don't. It's not really like a habit as such. Um, but if we did go to a restaurant, it was almost like Christmas. Mm-hmm. So it was normal and. Um, I liked baking and I liked cooking and when I moved out of uh, Hungary I was looking for something relatively easy to do because um, I wanted like a gap year. Um, so um, pastry and making bread has always been very interesting and I found it um, mesmerizing how something can like turn into something like fluffy and sweet and uh, creamy and mm-hmm. just making bread I think it's it's awesome so yeah college was started off as a as a how to say it <laughs> like a, like an easy way to get out of uh, of real life or working or studying and it ended up being both my career and my yeah. hobby um, and you can't really get me away from it either from home um, so I have uh, done a bit of private chefing, which is amazing because you can um, combine traveling and working together. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. And then I met somebody on a season and we decided that we would like to settle down. And um, I've sent three CVs out to three restaurants where I thought they were amazing in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Tom Banks got back to me saying that he's opening a new restaurant in York and he's looking for chefs to start uh, to start up with and um, I worked for him for almost two years. So, so what was that like in Mitchell Star's kitchen? Um, very very organized. It's very hard to because everybody whoever goes to a Michelin Star restaurant is a chef they take it serious, they would like to achieve something, they would like to prove that they are good enough chefs to be there. So it was hard to to show your skills and it was hard to be, um, it was hard to stand out. Especially I was relatively young compared to the other chefs and as a female mm-hmm. <laughs> in the kitchen where it's, uh, I would say it's a tough environment, um, you yeah, you really have to stick up for yourself to to stand out as such. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I enjoyed it. I, I do like a challenge and uh, and I would not change anything. Yeah. So were you, were you the only woman in the kitchen? To start with, yes. And then we ended up being the two of us, mm -hmm. another girl, and we were both on pastry to start with. And then I have moved on to other sections. I would have moved on to start a section mm -hmm. or cooking on the line. And, uh, and I've passed on everything I've learned there to her and she's still there. Yeah. So, so you started on the pastry section. So what type of things was, uh, was Tom cooking at that time? Um, we had a very interesting uh, two actually, what we, we, we started off with. One of them was a fur and white chocolate dessert. Um, fur is from the pine tree, mm -hmm. not you don't get out there and start picking <laughs> needles please. It needs to be a specific one. Um, so you go pick the needles and uh, you blitz it with oil on a certain temperature and then you strain it and you get a really, really dark, very fragrant smelling um, oil. And that's what you mix with, uh, with the mousse and we froze it down so it ended up being a parfait. Oh. So Tommy loves um, the British food and he combined his um, foraging skills with uh, with some of the traditional British cooking methods, mm -hmm. which was fascinating. With all these dishes, they really inspired me to try and put something out there, which mm -hmm. um, which was something could be like different. So, after a couple of months of experimenting and um, um, well, trials and errors. Mm -hmm. We have put a bacon and beetroot fudge in the menu, which is my creation, <laughs> and uh, and it was amazing, and it got really, really good feedback. Wow. Um, I'm quite proud of, and uh, we also made an apple profiterole with some sourdough crust on it, um, which uh, which was really interesting as well. Yeah. I like using leftovers. I like to work towards to sustainable cooking, mm -hmm. and both of these dishes has come from. I've seen another section wasting quite a bit of either bacon trimmings or beetroot trimmings or when you serve bread in a restaurant you cut the two ends off because you don't serve that or when it goes a bit dry then you cut a slice off and that goes in the bin and I like the idea of taking these elements what somebody already worked hard for taking those elements and turning it into something else mm -hmm. to another product. Um, wow, so like a zero waste philosophy. Yes. Amazing, that's so cool. So what, I know you, you said you've, you've worked a lot on uh, pastry with you, Tommy. What's your, what's your favourite kind of food to, to cook? What's your style of cookery? Um, in the summer, I love eating Asian-style food uh, mm -hmm. and Middle Eastern-style food. I really look up to Ottolenghi. Um, he's got a couple of amazing books, what I always buy. And in the winter, more of in the colder months, I move over to anything from fresh, fresh pasta to um, risotto, so I would say it's a bit Spanish slash Italian. Mm -hmm. um, I also love plant-based food. It's almost like a challenge for me trying to create something just as nutritious and nutritious and delicious yeah. as uh, as the ordinary one taken. For example, in you know, if you just take basic English food as like shepherd's pie or um, uh, any any other pie or. Uh, else what we do very well or like a chili mm -hmm. like it's really nice to do that without um, without the ordinary 
you know, mince in it. So we take some pulses and turn that into something super delicious. I think it's amazing when you travel and you meet new people, you also teach yourself a bit about the culinary part of, of that country. And I think over good food, you do meet better people as well. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so let's talk about that. So we, we kind of skipped ahead to when you um, you started with Tommy, but you actually worked in quite a few kitchens in around the world before, before you got there. Yes. Um, as I said, it's a great way of... Um, of traveling and being a chef because people eat everywhere in every country so I'm not um, tied down into into one place and um, I worked in Austria um, which is very interesting um, coming from Hungary as well because Austria is a richer country as we can say that um, so they they have in their tradition they traditionally take on food is a bit more rich than the Hungarian is which we in Hungary, we just eat potatoes and meat. It just depends what shape or form or what we call it like. So it was Austria was, was good for that. And they are amazing for local produce. And they really help the local um, people get on the market. And if you go to the supermarket, for example, in Austria, you can buy the local oil a lot cheaper than something branded. It's just something what they help people to get further as a small business I found amazing and then France like there's no need to explain about France like <laughs> it's just famous of its food the markets there are awesome and um, just it was one of those places where I didn't really plan ahead what I'm gonna cook for for the people who I was cooking for it was almost like I went to the local market and whatever was fresh or nice mm -hmm. uh, we bought it and and just cooked it and everybody enjoyed it and you definitely can tell if somebody's coming from um, like a homegrown or like a small grown um, farm or if it's coming from a supermarket um, France was a very inter uh, very interesting one for that and then I have gone to Ibiza don't like imagine the you know the the Ibiza like the party place <laughs> um, up north there are some amazing food places with some really talented chefs and I ended up working for somebody who whose original restaurant was in Goa in India and um, he cooked some amazing Middle Eastern food uh, massively focused on local and local seafood mm -hmm. so we had a lot of fish um, and, and seafood there um, and it, from there I just went went to England where again I worked with some amazing people and they did really teach me how to handle the ingredients yeah. the way they should be. Amazing, so you kind of get this view of like the local food mixed in with the, the own chef's philosophy and where they've travelled to so yeah like you say it must be some interesting creations that you Yeah because everybody puts their own little um, personality in, in every food they cook um, no matter where they whether they do know the original recipe or they just think it's better mm -hmm. and it was nice to work with people so close I never worked in a huge restaurant like like so many people that you don't speak to your actual chefs or you don't speak to each other when you're just given like an order um, we always worked in small enough places that it was personal enough to know the story behind the dish and I think that's what keeps me going um, that's why I love it so much because it's not just an industry for me it's quite personal and it's um, 
it's like an art almost mm -hmm. if that makes sense so you, you talked about um you know this is this is inspired by chinese food you cook you have a love of asian food you've worked in france you've worked in, in spain in the uk known for very different dishes and, and flavors are there any crossovers is there anything that kind of they have in common or is it really just that I think food in general, where you where you know you travel, it's very diverse. Obviously, when you go over to um, the Middle East, it might sound and might taste, might look quite similar. But when you actually speak to somebody who really knows what they're doing, and that's not me, I just do it because that's what I've read or that's what I've learned. Um, when you actually go down to the roots, every single part will have their own little dish and they're so proud of it. And I think that's what's beautiful about food. It's um, two dish can never be the same. Mm -hmm. Like it depends so much. It almost depends on like, as we talked, as you said before, like it depends on the weather. Yeah, like yeah. If it, when it goes down to bread. Um, and if people are talented enough, they can make it work in both cold and hot weathers. Um, and we were talking about this last night when, when you, you, you did your travels, um, some of these pop-up stores or like small stores in, in Bangkok, for example, were only doing two types of dishes. Yeah. And they were so good at it. And you couldn't really tell the difference between this one and then the one you had in two weeks' time. But I bet if you would have walked up to them, they could have told you that this and this and this is different in it. Yeah. And I would love to be um, educated and be able to, you know, to tell the difference between all these cuisines. Um, but for now, for me, it's like, you know, Middle Eastern, it's Asian, it's Chinese, it's French, it's Italian, Spanish, and I'm happy with that. I am happy with that, but I, I hope I will be able to travel enough to learn a bit more about yeah. them. So you're saying as well you've done um, private chefing. So, I mean, for anyone who's not familiar, what is a private chef? Um, imagine somebody going on a holiday and they work so hard all year that they would like to have the best time and they would not like to think about food at all. And they just hire somebody to look after everything. So, in some places I would do breakfast, lunch and dinner for the whole family. I will do their cooking. I will... Um, I will introduce them to maybe some new food, but most of the time you will um, get a very good idea from what they like. And um, all you do is you just cook them food, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. While they're on their holiday, um, is very personal. It's a lot more personal than what you do in the restaurant because you know them well enough to know that this person will like it. And then you tailor their whole holiday um, so well that every day hopefully they will eat what they like and they will enjoy it um, and it's, I think it's amazing and I think all these people who work so hard all year they do deserve to be looked after mm -hmm. on, on these weeks. So how did you find it? So you grew up in, in Hungary, am I right? Thinking it's uh, northern near the border with Slovakia? Yes, which yeah, is quite correct. rural. It is very, um, very rural. Um, in the in the little village where, where I grew up, we had like one little shop, nothing like a supermarket. Um, so we were surrounded. We didn't have animals ourselves, apart from some dogs and cats and rabbits, not to eat. Um, but um, 
Yeah, going from there to, for example, Brighton, where I did my studies first mm -hmm. um, in, at college, it was a big shock to me. I didn't even live in, in the capital of Hungary for any time at all. So going from a small village to a big, big, big town, biggish town, it was big for me, um, with very different minded people. It was like a cultural shock to me. Yeah. Um, and I still love going to all sorts of different countries and and it is nice when you can actually speak to people there who live there or experienced the yeah, the, mm -hmm. the surroundings themselves. Yeah. So then you went from did you go from Brighton then uh, I needed a bit more travel when you came back to the UK, you went straight to Yorkshire? Yes. So we were we were in Leeds for a little bit. Um and then we ended up moving to a little town called Church Fenton, that's between Leeds and York. Mm -hmm. uh, and to be fair, if I would have to go back anywhere in the UK, I wouldn't go back up north. Yeah. Um, I think the people are so different, the people are so lovely, everybody's so friendly and they would expect, accept me very differently as a foreigner. Because you do get a lot of Hungarians, for example, in London. Mm -hmm. um, but they would treat you like a foreigner. Right. Meanwhile, when you go up north, people just accept you for your personality a lot more mm. than how I found it in like a bit more down south. Yeah. And the landscapes are beautiful. Mm. Um, so how is, um, so you are working with Tommy when the pandemic hit and obviously that really shook up the industry massively. But what I love chatting to you is how you kind of took that situation and then just decided to do something completely different. So tell us what you're what you're doing now. I guess you'd like me to say the, the magic word. Um, yeah. So currently I live in a van and that's how we are able to visit Leanne and Al. Um, because we're in Croatia, we have um, we've left the UK, this is me and my partner, and we left the UK last December. We were knee deep in the pandemic. Um, so yeah, I, as everybody knows, restaurants has been closed for a long time and, um, and we just decided that we, we had to do something. Uh, we couldn't just sit at home and wait for the world to come back around. So we decided to buy a van and um, we turned it into a camper van. So it's just a Mercedes, is it? A it's a Sprinter, yes. It's a long wheelbase one, so it's, it is relatively big. Not compared to a house, <laughs> but compared to a Volkswagen Polo, for example, it is relatively big. And um, we decided to travel a little bit because the um, the pandemic just realized, like, made us realize that there is so much to life than mm -hmm. than just. Because it's intense, isn't it? When you're working in that kind of, I mean, in any kitchen, but that calibre of kitchen, you're talking long, long days. Yes. Um, you have the perks. I hope everybody has the perks industry, what I did. Um, but um, very stressful and um, and you have to be on it. Like, you know, it's hard to say this, but you might have, we might be able to have a bad day on a Monday. Well, if you have a bad day on a Friday in a kitchen, and everybody, like, you're there when everybody else is having fun, which is hard enough. 
but you really don't want to arrange somebody else's special dinner or like you don't even know like it might be their anniversary it might be the only time they ever go out in that yeah. year they might be saving up for it it might be a special occasion so you yeah. really really want to please people and everybody has bad days and that pressure um, along with the pressure of working um, with people who also have the same pressure on them yeah. it's not like you know we almost have to like I'm sure it's the same about any other job but you can't just you know if you have a bad bad moment you can't just go out there and sit down outside because somebody will is hungry somebody's waiting yeah. for their food so I think what has um, been like amazing to see that you realize that when you go to a restaurant there's so much going into it um, it's not just the food it's uh, it's the whole environment and it was nice to see like how to make people happy mm-hmm. um, and yeah so it is a high it's a high stress and high pressure environment mm-hmm. um, and I was ready to come away from it a little bit and yeah. and experience something else so currently we are in traveling our little uh, sprinter we're making we're doing everything to make it COVID safe and we only travel to countries which allow tourism mm-hmm. um, but um, yeah and uh, I really enjoy amazing so um so you can see on uh, Fanny's Instagram and TikTok some um, some insights into into her van life, but I mean, I think calling it a van is is underselling it because you you've done it in such an amazing way that is you know you've got a memory for a mattress, you've got an indoor and outdoor shower, you've got the right storage places, you've got a full fridge. I mean, how how long did that take? Because you just bought it as the shell of the van. There's nothing in it. Yes, we bought it as a panel van, which is absolutely nothing in it. And um, it took us about six months working on it while we both have both me and my boyfriend had full time jobs. Um, at the same time, we were selling up in England. We sold our all our furniture and all our belongings and rented the house out. And at the same time, we were working on the paperwork and on the van. It was six months, and then we drove to mine in Hungary, and that was two months full time, nonstop. But it was cold, so actually we had to finish here at six o'clock every day because it just got so dark. Um, and since then we had a winter trip in it. Um, it stood its stood its wheels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Minus sixteen outside, and we were having great snooze every night. Um, we love skiing, so it was good. So we did the Balkan, because some of the Balkan countries, and we would like to go back there. Uh, we did Serbia, Kosovo, North Macedonia, and Bulgaria. Mm-hmm. And then this time on this trip, uh, we have been to Slovenia and currently in Croatia. Croatia, yeah. Yes. So how is it to be a Michelin star trained chef cooking in a camper van? <laughs> um, very very nice actually um i think one you know you, you see chefs working when you learn how to be clean and tidy mm-hmm. um and that helps massively but it's really nice to slow down and um, do a bit more simple in in a van because we are limited as such we we have an oven we have a fridge we have two gas burners and we have enough space for a chopping board and we also have running water to wash up but um, 
but we don't really have much space to scatter things around. Mm -hmm. So needles, for example. <laughs> yes. So um, very much you go back down to the basics. You you need to learn. You also need to know what you like, what you like to eat, because you have limited space and limited bank. So ingredients-wise, we have some kitchen staples, what we always buy. Um, but so you if can't someone's go. listening who, who has a van and they enjoy cooking, what would you say are the, like, the staples to have with you? I always have soy sauce, fish sauce, um, tahini, mm -hmm. <laughs> these three things what we, we, we are using right now. I also always have, um, we always buy pesto, which is makes like very, very simple uh, dinner. I also have miso always with me. Mm -hmm. um, it gives like an amazing flavor to anything, and making a miso soup is super simple, especially after you know when if you're in a van, you normally do it because you would like to you would like to explore. So sometimes you go on a day hike and you come back and um, and you realize you like we are so bad humans at overbuying stuff. We have like a different utensil for absolutely everything in the kitchen, don't we? Yeah. Um, and it's nice because it does make our life a lot easier, but is it necessary? Probably not. Like Plant-based for us is not veganism. We don't do it for um, um, any other reason, but we feel good. And I took it on as a challenge and again. Mm -hmm. I guess it sounds like the only thing I like in life is challenges. <laughs> It is, um, I think plant-basedness is more about eating wholesome food mm -hmm. um, where the, the pulses and the vegetables overpower the amount of anything else you would add to your diet. Mm -hmm. And I would choose happiness over any diet, any time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I know we've talked a lot about this when we, we kind of have a type of lifestyle that, that we do, people ask you lots of questions like, like why did you decide to change your life and you know is it sustainable how do you earn money but I mean for you what was the main motivation um we actually looked into opening a restaurant between mm -hmm. uh between friends and um and my partner and then the pandemic came so that all went out and it was almost like you know a slap in the face like you've been dreaming about something you've been saving up for something for so long and um and it just couldn't happen because of the pandemic and that was like right at the beginning of it um so we tried to wait it out um and then realized like thinking about it and i think it was made the right decision yeah. that it's not going anywhere soon and the restaurant would have been like a sharing type of restaurant um, like not all you can eat buffet but mix that with like a really nice restaurant mm -hmm. and um, when that didn't happen <clears throat> it really opened my eyes about like what do I really want to do like what um, what drives me mm -hmm. and it's funny because yeah um, what really drives me and it was like let's just see the world like it's so short and anything can happen anytime to your life when it's out of your control, completely out of your control, um, and you just realize, like, that's a missed opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I think traveling is one of those, like, seeing the world, which is so beautiful, 
And to do that um, two, two weeks a year while you're working towards mm-hmm. your weekend, it was just not, um, not, not good for me. And because of our plans, um, we have been able to you know, have a bit of um, have a chunk there what we could just spend on whatever we would like to spend it on. What we actually don't really do because um, we live like a very simple lifestyle in the van. Again, it opens your eyes up about like what's important to you. Yeah. Like, do you really need 15 pounds or can you just cook from three? <laughs> yeah, I can guarantee you can cook from three pounds. Um, and same, same like meeting people, speaking to people, meeting different nationalities is a lot more important than upgrading my car. Yes. So, and I think you know what I'm talking Thank about. You. And um, it has been a good decision. It was, uh, yeah, when thinking about it, it was like, completely out of our hands. But now we're here and. Um, I mean, we would have done at you if we don't make this. I know, exactly. And it feels like we've known each other for ages. And I don't think yeah. we've known each other for eight hours yet. It's yeah, so we've been, uh, um, Leanne and Al invited us to their home. And thank you for that. Um, I mean, everybody will listen to this podcast and be like, can we come to this? <laughs> and I just feel like they, where they chose to live this time is <laughs> amazing. But um yeah, so thank you for that, and they're amazing people, and we listened to, the, we listened to their podcast um, uh, before, and they are literally just as lovely as they sound. Aww. So anybody thinking that the social media is fake, what they do is actually genuine. So we, I guess we haven't actually explained yet, if anyone listened to our uh, podcast of ours a couple of episodes ago, you would have heard Al speaking to Andrew Bosomworth, who is from Leeds. Um, and funnily enough, had been um, had done up a van and, and travelled Europe. And it's it's that's his partner. Yes, um, so he hides me. No, he can't hide. <laughs> <laughs> I would just travel in the boot. <laughs> so we've chatted about the past. We've chatted about the present. Yeah. What does the uh, what does the future hold? What does what do you want to achieve the rest of your your year? Um, I've got some work lined up which uh, I'm almost as excited about as traveling because I really do do what I love to do mm-hmm. um, so I'm going to France for some work which will be like a very long extended holiday yeah and then uh, and doing some private chefing yes um, and then continue on to Andrew will be driving the van back while I'm working to the, to England and um, we would like to head to Scotland and then over to Scandinavian countries as long as the restrictions without ours. Yeah. Um, so we would like to keep traveling. At the same time, we always come up with some crazy ideas like um, building some eco houses because we think that because we build, build them ourselves, we can build a house. Um, but um, we would like to continue living the the way we do right now and would like to travel for uh, for the unseeable future future yeah it's a yeah. it's a non um, material like happiness yeah. you're going to all these places and um, it's amazing and yeah we do have to highlight that that no matter where you are in life what are you doing what life are you living you do have you know different um, 
obstacles to get through. Yes, and, absolutely. Um, I think that's what I like about the um, the work that you and um, Andrew are doing as well on, on your Instagram and your TikTok. Is it's a very honest view, isn't it, of, of vampires? Yes, I, I, bad, the other I did promise myself that um, I would not lie about some, about everyday life in the van. Like I will not make it like like you know some of the pictures you see, especially if you just search for the hashtag. Like it's beautiful, it's clean, it's neat. It's always tidy, you're piled up on the seafront, mm-hmm. um, somebody feeding you some, uh, you know, really nice ripe fruits, watermelon, no, it's not like that. You really have to work hard to find that parking spot, and if you find it, it will only be perfect for that half an hour of the, of the day when the sun shines. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Um, so, yeah, so if you, if you go on my Instagram, you will see some things that I'm unhappy about um, in everyday life, but you will also see some amazing landscapes we drive through or we park up at, and um, and some food. It's it's all placed up, and yes. again, what we have, what we've created. So we have Biang Biang noodles with tahini and pink peppercorn oil with some fresh vegetables on top. Well, that was a good episode, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm actually quite hungry now. <laughs> <laughs> I think just um, we just need to take a second just to appreciate that Leanne not only recorded all that, she not only planned all that, but she also edited that. It's the second ep- second one she's edited. I did. And uh, it took her a long time because there was lots of crashes and... <laughs> there was and lots of content I think we were we were chatting and cooking for about an hour and 45 minutes so this episode is a little bit longer but I think it's totally worth it um and I think she just had some really great things to say in terms of her life traveling um as you now know she travels around Europe in a minivan um or an RV and it's um I think it's just really interesting what she says about about deciding you know what it is that you want how you want to live your life absolutely absolutely and that's what we that's that's what we stand for is we're giving you an honest guide to living and working abroad but on your terms and you you might be an expat in america or you might be a i don't know a digital nomad in indonesia it's um it's down to however you want to do it absolutely and i thought it was interesting again you're always seeing this theme of of kind of significant life events happening and how people respond to them and and Fanny is another great example of when you know working in hospitality COVID hit restaurants closed for months and months um so she had to make a you know a significant adjustment and um and I think again it just shows that if something like that happens in your life where it's completely out of your control and you can't do anything about it you can control your own little world and, and I think that's a, a really good good way to to gain back some power and control and, and actually take your your life down another road that you've always imagined and guess what you now have the opportunity i'm talking to you listener not not leanne <laughs> you now have the opportunity to ask fanny a question yes, in you a do. private facebook group we've created a facebook group just for guests and listeners of the podcast however we don't just let anyone in you need to have listened this far to get the password Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you what the password is in a second, Leanne. I so, already know it. She knows it. So go to facebook.com and or into your Facebook app and search for a Sideways Life podcast group. You'll see our page, but you want the group. If you're a nerd like me, you'll type in facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash a Sideways Life. And it'll ask you for the password. And what's the password this week? Noodle. 
Ooh, I like that. Noodle. Uh-huh, Can you say it again? Uh-huh. Noodle. There we go. I might, I might just sample that and use it in my ringtone. <laughs> okay, I think we're, we're done now, aren't we? Yes, I think so. So just to remind you, you can follow um, Fanny on Instagram at uh, explore. You'll find her on TikTok under the same name. Um, and yeah, if you, want, if you want that recipe, if you want to cook that Biang Biang noodles, uh, then head over to our website or drop us a DM on Instagram. And we'll put those links and um, handles in the podcast description. You will. Okay. Right. We'll see you next time then. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Do you think Tommy Banks will listen to this? I don't see why not. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure he's got like much better things to do now, but... What's better than listening to a podcast? That's true. And us. And us. And Fanny. (laughs) 